Hello, my name is John Sosha, the father of Jeremy Sosha, and I want to welcome you to the next exciting episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Last week on Infinite Rabbit Hole. One of the theories that I know about Nessie is that Aleister Crowley brought it into this reality through this magic. Maybe this is why we can't find any dang cryptids anymore, right? We can't find any big feet is because people throughout history have thought in this exact same way. We have to kill it because it exists. But no, it is unfortunate, and I agree, man. I think that a lot of these things were real or something like they overhunted these things for whatever reason. And I don't know too much about the geography of the area, but what if it is a land creature that goes into the water? But then you would think that there'd be a lot more sightings on land. Now, what I hate is when people go out there and fake this shit. It happens so much that this is the reason why people say as soon as they find out that they that they're part of a Bigfoot searching group or Loch Ness searching group or whatever, they instantly say, no, it's a fake. Right. I think that there is just some portal in this area and maybe this beast kind of bleeds through and this portal kind of what we talk about with Skinwalker Ranch. Infinite Rabbit Hole. I'm Kenzar. Last week we talked Nessie Part 1. This is Nessie Part 2. So welcome, welcome. Uh, before we dive into it, though, let's just get straight to the point here and introduce our my other co-hosts of the episode. We've got, we'll start with Jake today. How you doing, Jake? Kenzar, you're muted. I'm just messing with you. I'm doing I was well. like, am I really? No, I'm doing, yeah, I'm you're doing mean. really well. How would I have known that? I'm just that <laughs> smart. No, I'm doing great. I'm ready to get into part two and really just break it down. <laughs> Make it, get my heart racing already. You're, you're, I'm, I'm done with you already. <laughs> with that said, let's introduce Jeremy next. How you doing? I'm salty. I see that. So yeah. I see that. Yeah. Why are you salty? Well, because we're talking about a sea creature in a lake. That oh. Is somewhat, somewhat attached to the ocean. It's not salty, though. It's it not. It used to be salty. But they say that Nessie comes from the ocean and spends its summers in the lock. No, just kidding. Uh, but some people do say that it, it lives in the ocean and, and finds its way through tunnels or... And uh, also I, not a plesiosaur. And also not a, 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 a Leoplerodon. Yeah, not that either. Yeah, the uh, the way to Candy Mountain, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. Boy. Other than that, everything's going <clears throat> just well, kid. Ready to roll. Fantastic. And last but not least... Jeffrey, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you very much. I am not salty. That's good, because sounds like Jeremy's trying to rub salt in a wound. (laughs) (laughs) Making shots for not having any hair, poor guy. He has hair where it matters. That's right. I'm getting there. 
You hear that, moms? <laughs> Hide your moms. Oh boy. Chip's got hair where it matters. Hide All over mom. his ego. And his oh, nipples. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> well, you guys got any other announcements or anything to say before we dive into it? Uh, I'll have a I'm little gonna, baby here soon. I'm gonna blow the lid off this thing. Congratulations and... on the baby, bro. Thanks, man. Yes, round of applause for the baby. Yes. And I'm excited to hear what Jake clearly has to say. Oh no, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna I'm not gonna be a Jeff. Well, I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna <laughs> blow the lid off of this thing. But I do have to say about that baby. Everybody's just taking baby. shots at Jeff. Wow. Well, this is what Jeff does. But <laughs> as for the baby, I my name is his middle name. So I'm yep. super stoked. I have a best friend that names his children after me. At least one of them. Yeah. Children. This is our way of getting rid of children. We just, we, we, we force a connection with somebody else. And we just, it's yours now, man. We can't do it. Dude, I'll take him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he'll be here. uh, I mean, shoot, by the time this is out, he'll, he'll, he'll be here. So we're excited about it. Baby number four. Goodness. We just, yeah, we're just gonna, it's in the water over here, man. How are you um, going to go Sasquatching when you got all them kids? Our kids are the best. The you bring them with? Use them yeah. as bait. <laughs> I was just going to say bait, bro, yeah. Bigfoot loves kids. <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot oh, loves boy. taking care of kids. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Oh, boy. We'll figure it out. Bigfoot doesn't like to be fed. Bigfoot likes to hunt. Hmm. Yes. I just I just mentioned tying my children up and feeding them to Bigfoot. <laughs> I won't do that. Whatever you gotta do, I guess. Oh, we need evidence, so <laughs> <laughs> what does it say that you have to specify that you won't do that? What does that say about this never mind, I'm not gonna get into it. Now, go ahead. Uh anyways, yeah, so Nessie. Oh boy. Uh yeah, so any other announcements? Are we done? We good? We cool? Jeff, your background is so bare. It's not a fan, but it's not, you know. What do you want me to do, man? I don't know. I know man. Something like this. You can see that the, there's two closet <laughs> doors here, so that it's not like there's room. I could put something in this one little space and that'd really be it. I don't know. Uh... There's a closet door back there. Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, carry on, Kenzar. Sorry that Jeff's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, at the end of last episode, we discussed the big expedition of 1970 and the audio tracks that were recorded. Well, a couple short years later, in 1972, another sonar expedition would start, known as the Robert Rhines Studies. These expeditions were conducted multiple different years in 72, 75, 2001, and 2008, going out of their way to avoid areas with extremely murky water and lots of driftwood. A team would use a camera and floodlight in the water, then run the sonar, and if anything came up, they would turn the light on and flash some pictures. Despite trying to avoid super murky areas, the lock is known to have a pretty the lock is known to be pretty murky as it is. So the quality of pictures weren't exactly the greatest. 
but the team did manage to snap a couple good pictures of what looked like to be a plesiosaur-type animal in the log. There is a photograph famously known as the flipper photograph that shows, you guessed it, a plesiosaur-type flipper. But one thing to mention, it did take a lot of compute a lot of computer enhancement to, to get this picture clear enough to actually identify the flipper, which of course led to qu skeptics questioning whether it was actually computer enhanced or if it was just retouched. This same group of people did their next study in 1975, this time using time-lapse photography and managed to get a picture of what they believed to be the underside of the creature or as they called the whole body picture. It was later discovered that there were some problems in regards to the flipper photo. The conclusion was that the flipper was based off the fact that the camera was in a fixed position on the bed of the lock. However, it was revealed that this, this was not exactly the case. Witnesses from the operating crew said that the camera was never actually fixed or mounted to anything, just floating in midwater. This meant the flipper could have been literally anything, and it was blurred by the potential movement of the camera. Another problem with the pictures was that they were published in an article from the, the journal Nature, and it was suggested that the pictures published were not the computer-enhanced pictures that were originally shared, but retouched ones. Despite all this, the legend still holds strong and even encouraged a man named Adrian Shine to start an investigation of his own. But more on him to come. We also had another hoax in 1972. A few team members from the LNIB were said to be having breakfast by the lakeside when they saw a large object about 300 yards or so offshore. Immediately, the team jumped into a boat and went to investigate whatever it was they saw in the water. Very quickly, they returned to shore, towing a body behind them. I actually want to read an article I found about this incident. Uh, April Fool's Loch Ness Monster, Inverness, Scotland. The latest monster hauled from the chilly waters of the Loch Ness was officially dismissed today as, quote, just an April's fool's joke. It's a hoax, said police superintendent Ines McKay, whose area includes the famed home of Nessie, the, legend, the legendary Loch Ness monster. It's just an April fool's joke. He said the latest monster was brought here from England. It worked for a while. Police officially barred the transfer from Scotland of a carcass of an animal found Friday off on the shores of the Scottish lake. Marine biologist from Edinburgh Zoo was called in to examine the seal-like creature, which weighed a ton and a half and was feet long. The biologist still was going to take a look later today to make sure. British newspapers had a field day with what one of them called the Son of Nessie, but people here who have lived through countless Loch Ness hoaxes were not really taken in. Previous monster hoaxes have included the monster's foot, which proved to be an elephant's, a monster's bone, discovered to have been a whale bone, and an entire model monster built by students. Very quickly after this, a man came forward saying that, yes, this was in fact nothing more than an April Fool's joke on his co-workers. He worked at a zoo and thought it would be funny to dump the frozen body of an elephant seal into the lock but he had no intention, nor did he expect this to be such a sensation. An elephant seal, just so everybody knows, is about 15 feet in length on average, with some getting up to 20 feet in length. 
This prompted a few people within the scientific community to think about how to protect Nessie. Sir Peter Scott was another man that was involved in the search of the monster. He was a painter by trade who said he believed in the monster, and together with Robert Rhines, they wrote an article for the journal Nature that they actually gave that actually gave the creature a scientific name, Nesoteris rhombopteris, which translates to nest monster with diamond-shaped fins. During this time, there was a com- Conservation law passed in the UK that stated without a binomial and common name, any unknown animal could be could not be protected. So the men wrote the article, which was not at all peer-reviewed, not at all peer-reviewed, and quickly published in the comments and opinions section of the paper. But how do they come up with such a name? Let me read an expert from the article explaining. It is proposed that the large animal species living in Loch Ness be called Nesoteris rhombopteryx. The generic name Nesoteris is a composite word combining the name of the loch with the Greek word teris. The, the specific name rhombopteryx is a combination of the Greek rhombos, a diamond or longens, a diamond-shaped fin and the Greek pteryx, meaning fin or wing. Thus, the species is nest monster with diamond fin. In trying to determine which class they belong to, it is concluded that the paddle in figure one must belong to a vertebrate animal. Uh, For reference, figure one is actually the flipper photograph. All of this was done just to protect whatever Nessie may be and to prevent any potential hunters from trying to slay the beast. Anyone who tries to kill the beast could possibly face some hefty consequences. What do you guys think? I was just looking at that picture. Big chunk. I don't know how far away the camera was from this alleged flipper, but it literally could have been a fish fin. It really wasn't. Computer enhancement. Uh, I mean, yeah, that too. too. Yeah, I don't. That too. I I mean, the original was super dark, but I mean, that's not. That's not that uncommon, right? A super dark picture, you just change the contrast of it. That's not that big of a deal. But I mean, like, it could have been, you know, depending on how close or far away this image was, it literally could have been this big. It could have been a little fish going by, you know, and it just been like really obscured or something. I mean, it just really didn't look like anything in particular. Nothing like, you know, I think that in this circumstance, you'd actually have to take a picture of like a full size one or at least mm-hmm. like the head or something like that not just like oh there's a flipper it's proof it's like like i mean that could have been a whale flipper you could have taken that image from something else entirely a different expedition from somewhere else entirely and just been like oh, look what we found it's like i don't know i have my own theory on the flipper but i want to hear what you guys have to say about it first Jeff, you said you sound like you had something to say. Uh, no. Okay. No, <laughs> not really. So, I mean... one thing that I wanted to point out about these two photographs, the full body and the flipper, uh, both of these were taken, I believe, in the 70s, if I'm, if I don't yes. if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Um, 72 and 75. Uh, the unedited version of the flipper one, doesn't look very different from the fully edited one. It's very, very similar. Uh, I was watching a documentary a long time ago on this, and they brought up this photo, 
and it just doesn't seem like something that uh, it's not a very good piece of evidence. Let's just go that way. Uh, one thing that you guys have to understand about water and light is that something happens called refraction. Okay. And you see a very sharp angle in the picture and it could be anything. It could be a piece of glass. It could be a, a shell or a rock or even a, a, a leaf in the water. Anything could refract light. Really, honestly, it light refracts. It's what it does. Right. Um, <clears throat> the, a lot of soot. Uh, we know that the, the, the floor is, is very sooty and that's what the, it looks I like. I talk more about that a little bit later. Yeah. But well, yeah, the, you, you can continue. The, uh, the picture, if you look, gosh, I, you know, I should have probably brought a picture up, but I, if I remember correctly, in one of the corners, it's very bright white. And then it kind of makes like this diamond shaped picture yeah. uh, that, which is supposedly supposed to be the flipper. Right. Um, the theory behind it is that this, this image is actually taken uh, upside down or uh, a quarter turn one way or the other. And that the, the soot uh, is actually lifting off of the, off of the ground and in, in the lock. And all the light that's being caused by the camera or whatever the light source is that they're using is being reflected back to the camera. And those sharp angles are refractions uh, coming off of what the, whatever's in the set. Yeah, um, put a picture in the yeah. group chat for us. Did you? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It's just, it's just so reflective. So it literally could have been a oh, bunch yeah. of dirt Perfect. kicked up and it just, it's reflecting all that, um, all of those. Mm-hmm. minerals and stuff that's sitting inside that soot of whatever it is right that could and... have been the whole thing about the camera really floating that could have just been oh, it it hit the bottom and that's the image it conjured up yeah i just caught, right like i mean if if you great great find jake by the way uh this is something that we should post on the on the facebook page for people because this is sure. exactly what i was referring to um in fact yeah, so this one looks like it's it's turned just slightly to the left, or the camera la- uh, landed on its side, or whatnot. And the we're getting the the kick up of the soot that's on the on the the ground of the lock. And if you look at the unedited version, it's very hard to spot this. Right, this it, the this triangular or diamond shaped phenomenon that you're seeing in the original, right. Uh, it's not very good. And this could be made from the beam from the light source itself. When you go to the enhanced one, there is mm-hmm. a lot of particles missing. Like they highlighted this flipper or this quote unquote flipper of a plesiosaur as if they're trying to make something out of nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, I see that all that extra noise is pulled away. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right away, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the documentary or even where I saw it, but it was a long time ago. I'm going to have to take, uh, the, the nope on this one, but <laughs> I do like, uh, the full body photograph. I believe it was taken in the same year. Uh, I believe it was taken even by the same team. If I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, as far as I understand. I, I was trying to listen 
kid, but at the same time, I was trying to remember some of the information from this documentary. But this full body picture is pretty cool, right? Could it be sediment? Could it be something floating? Could it be debris? Yes. But it damn well looks like a plesiosaur. Uh, let's just be honest about it. I don't know if I had the right photo, in all honesty. I searched and searched and searched and i kept get like every article i pulled up i kept seeing the exact same photograph but to me all i was seeing was a cloud of dirt and dust and it could be it could. <laughs> it really the, i could. saw more dirt and dust in that photo than i did the flipper photo and honestly i didn't even think about all the like missing spaces or anything in the flipper photo so that one's yeah it's, that one uh... yeah uh i i'm actually gonna do a search i'm gonna try to help you guys out i should have been searching for the first one myself but um the full body photograph is interesting it's it's cool right uh i don't think there's any way to really tell you yes or no as to what it is there you go i I put a picture of it in the chat um this would also be something that we would want to post Kid, when uh when we post this stuff, why don't you go ahead and save these photographs so that when we post your your this episode, the second part, oh wow, go ahead yeah. and add these. Um, it, I mean, that could be neat... a giant stick. Oh yeah, I mean, it could be anything, right? Yeah. Um, and it it still has all of the the sediment particles that you see in the first photograph, but with, I mean, is this enhanced? Yeah, it could be. Could it definitely could be, but. The way that the first one was enhanced, uh, it it literally eliminated all of that extra noise and left just what the the person who editing the photo wanted you to see there, right? That's all they left there. And this photo, there's at least all of that other sediment there, and they didn't get rid of it. So, I mean, it's tough. If it's by the same team, there's red flags right there because the first one was oh, yeah. in a way that you know, kind of forced a perspective. Um, but it's I think like this... someone taking a picture of like foliage and they're outlining a Bigfoot and they're like, there it is. Like, oh, it's... no, yeah. it, this was the <laughs> early adaption of red circles. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, nice dive kid. Uh, pointless photograph though. <laughs> oh yeah. I just, I thought they were interesting which is why I shared it. Um, again, the whole body photo, I kept running into stuff about horns and like it was explaining all, the best way I could compare it is like a giraffe head with its little horns on its head. Mm, yeah. But like everything I read just seemed so garbage. I didn't even want to bother. That's like, <laughs> um, that's like that movie, the uh, the water dragon or whatever it was or the water horse. Yeah. And it's got like the little the little <laughs> horns on its head like a giraffe i'm like get out of here all right i'm done (laughs) yeah that's probably where that came from hey jay can you send a link to this page that you're on yeah yeah, i got you thanks basically that's the same picture again just in a different color and and that perspective it totally looks like just dirt yeah it looks like the ground good job jeff jeff's killing thank you very much i feel like i'm doing a very good job I got a little snippet just for you, Jeff. Don't worry. You're, you, you've you've got a part coming. All right. You you don't have to sit here bored all night. It's okay. I was thinking about you. All right. Can I guess what it's about? I think you all know exactly what it's already about, but we'll get there. Because even though Jeff said he would do some research on the subject, I'm pretty sure he didn't. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, maybe I did. I went to the zoo. <laughs> hmm. They have that's a like, uh, nest like field there. research, you know. Well, you know, you got to see like these these wild animals, you know. Looking at a tiger, and he's like, "That's not messy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So he sees Anything an elephant ear and be like, "It's a flipper." <laughs> nope, not a manatee. No, that that could be a nasty. Yeah, a manatee. <laughs> Picture looks fake. That's all I got for you. Shoot, that could have been a seal flipper. Do you have seals in Loch Ness? No. We'll get there, Jake. Quit jumping that, ahead. That so it sounds like yes. <laughs> it looks Carry more on. like the head of a squid than anything, but they got squids in Loch Ness. There's freshwater squids. We'll get there, Jake. Quit jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna get there. All right. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah, if I can't jump ahead, I guess. <laughs> All right. Adrian Shine is a naturalist and has been working on the exploration of many different locks since the early 70s. Today is the head Today he is the head of the ongoing Loch Ness project and the Loch Ness Center and Exhibition located in Drumna Drocket. He built a small submarine he called Mashan, which he used to lead students and volunteers on expeditions, as well as teaching them scientific me- methods as they went along. He started his research in 1973 in Loch Morar. He, cho- he chose Morar because the water was much clearer than that of Ness, and like most lochs throughout Scotland, Morar has a monster of its own, the Morag. While they have been out... Lo- While they may have been out looking for proof of a monster, their research took a bit of a turn after Adrian spent some time watching the water in the submarine. They were now interested in the general environment and how things like the food chain could affect such a a creature, pointing out that the rocky environment doesn't have enough nutrients for a creature such as a plesiosaur. But this was just the start. It wasn't until much later, in 1987 to be exact, that the biggest research expedition of the Loch Ness would commence. October of of 1987, Operation Deep Scan started with 20 to 24 boats positioned at different spots along the loch, all set up with echo sounding equipment meant to send acoustic signals throughout the water and map the bottom of the loch. During the initial scan, they found three objects that seemed to be very large and out of place. These objects were said to be much larger than what is expected to be found in a fresh body of water and led to the group re-scanning the lock the next day to see if these objects could be found again. They never were. They only found what was believed to be driftwood stuck in the mud and sand. Because the objects were no longer to be found, this gave everyone reason to believe that whatever they came across that day was, in fact, a moving water target. A moving water target doesn't necessarily mean that there's a 25-foot creature swimming around in the loch. That simply could have been a large seal or even a large fish. Sonar expert Daryl Lawrence said that, quote, there's something here and the There's something here that we don't understand, and there's something here that's larger than a fish, maybe some species that hasn't been detected before. I don't know, end quote. Adrian has been a strong advocate for anyone who wants to do research and try to prove or disprove the existence of Nessie. He even helped with the DNA survey done in 2018, but we'll get to that soon enough. 
He also is involved with Operation Ground Truth, which has a main goal to recover historical artifacts that have been lost to the lock, such as famed racers John Cobb's speedboat Crusader. In 2003, BBC sponsored a search that used 600 sonar beams and satellite tracking to see if they could find Nessie. But all they found was a whole lot of nothing. The scientists involved claimed that this this was all that they needed to prove that Nessie does not exist. As BBC was doing their research, a man came forward claiming he had found a fossil that belonged to the monster. Gerald McSorley was walking along the lock when he tripped on the fossil. This seemed to be the fossil of a per- this seemed to be the perfectly preserved vertebrae set into limestone. McSorley was quoted as saying, I literally tripped over the fossil in the water. When I put my hands down to steady myself, I saw something unusual and picked it up. Once I cleaned off about an inch of green algae and I could see the texture of the bone, it became clear that I had an important fossil. I have always believed in the Loch Ness Monster, but this proves it for me. The resemblance between this and the sightings which have been made are so similar. End quote. After close examination, it was determined that the fossil was, in fact, that of a 150-million-year-old plesiosaur. This was huge, since it was the first time anything of the sort had ever been found, to prove that such a creature did once exist in the lock. The area in which the fossil was found was kept top secret so that scientists could sweep the area and conduct their research unbothered. But nothing was ever found. In the end, it was determined that the fossil was not originally there, and some prankster had planted it. In 2008, Robert Rines came out and said that BBC didn't find anything because of the possibility that the creature was now extinct. Over the years, sightings had greatly decreased, and not many people had kept up with sonar research of the lock. And due to the climate change, the animal was unable to adapt to the changes in temperature of the lock. Over the years, there had been some sightings, such as the homeless video in 2007, which showed a jet black thing moving very fast in the water. Adrian Schein himself even said it was some of the best footage he'd ever seen of the creature. We were also presented with the George Edwards photograph in 2011. George Edwards claimed that he had been searching for the monster for over 26 years and was finally able to snap a picture of the creature to present to the world. Later, in 2013, he came out and said that it was all just an elaborate hoax. We've also gotten a couple odd pictures from Apple Maps that some say that some still believe could be the Loch Ness Monster. 2014, Apple Maps showed a satellite image with a large creature that looked to be almost 100 feet long. It was later determined that this was likely a very large boat wake they captured. What do you guys think? Do they have sturgeon? In Loch Ness, because sturgeon can get like 16 feet long and it's freshwater fish. We're getting there, Jake. Oh my god, you mentioned, <laughs> fish. You mentioned fish, so I'm talking about fish. Okay, okay. What does it say down here? I don't even know where that is now. Somewhere over here. You we'll said a very large fish, very large fish, sturgeon could be a very large fish, and you're right, it could be a sturgeon. Could have but been, but I'm a... not gonna, I'm not I mean... gonna answer yes or no until we get there utilizing um, fish finders and stuff, it could have been a school of fish. 
Like honestly, like I've I've seen people use fish finders before. If it's a singular fish, it looks like a singular smudge, and you can see it. If it's a school of fish, it looks like a big smudge, and it's just like, whoa, that's a twenty-five foot creature, or it's a school of fish. There could be more advanced stuff, but that's what I've seen. So I don't know. Like, I know people that do that routinely or professionally can probably tell the difference between a school of fish because of the spaces in between them or whatever it is, but. Still, I mean, it could have been a twenty-five foot log, you know, underneath yeah. the water. It's just a moving water target, not crazy. Um, and I'm curious about the guy that just stumbled upon a fossil that was covered in algae. Like that's like, was it a bone or was it just like a slab or a rock that was broken in half and there was like a fossilized? portion inside of it like like i don't know what that means exactly as far as i understand about the story he was literally just walking along the the shore and tripped over what was assumed originally to be a large rock um i don't know if it was like buried in the sand and he like i don't know what the situation was there because personally I look at the ground when I'm walking on the beach because I'm looking for cool shells and whatnot. So I, I, I'm kind of looking ahead of myself at the same time so I don't trip over the large rocks. Like there's, so yeah. like, I, like I don't really know whether this thing was buried in the sand or like what the deal, how exactly he came yeah. across. Just tripped over it and picked it up. Thought it seemed a little strange, so he picked it up and cleaned it off and all of a sudden had a plesiosaur fossil in his hand. What that tells me is that he had a background in that sort of stuff because people that are um, fossil hounds will often find certain types of rocks that are made up of the sediment that they would find, say, shells in and stuff like that. And you can watch mm-hmm. videos on YouTube where they have a complete and total rock and then they crack it in half and at the seam where the big old you know snail shell is is in it, it breaks away and you can have the whole yeah. thing exposed. So what that tells me is that this guy wasn't just some random person, um, but also it seems kind of weird that that would be a normal reaction from a person being like, oh, I just slipped over this rock. Let me pick it up and inspect it. It's like, eh. I didn't put it in here, but apparently it was encased in limestone. I remember reading something about limestone when it came to this story. But even still, it's just like that seems more likely to me that he put it there. And then was yeah. like, oh, shoot, what's this? You know, how how could this be here? It just seems very um, uh, coincidental, mm-hmm. which as me and Jeff know there are no such things as coincidences. So he's, either it was placed there or he just knows what to look for. Well, my big takeaway is just all the um, shenanigans with the fossils. And, you know, you mentioned a few different things I think about either – being planted or mm-hmm. a hoax or whatever it is. And that's just what it is, man. People want attention and they want to draw attention to things, especially if something like this is your, you know, if you're, if there's a place that people go as a tourist destination, <clears throat> excuse me, for, for things like to see Loch Ness monster, right? Like, I'm not sure what the revenue is for that kind of thing over there, but it's gotta be worth something. Somebody's making money. So there's an incentive for somebody to 
fake things, fake pictures, yeah. fake pay other people to fake things, right? Like whatever it is, or try to pass any old piece of footage or data off as being evidence. There's incentive for that, right? By somebody. So that's just what's in the back of my mind. Oh, well, I'm sure the town is profiting. Uh, I know that there's gift stores over there. You know exactly. that the, everyone sells like a Loch Ness monster keychain or magnet. Like I know that there's that the, stuff exists. There's a full-on museum, the Loch Ness Center and Exhibition. Oh. It, like the, the entire thing is just uh, basically a museum of all the research that has ever been done on Loch Ness, all the theories, mm. all the the you name it, and it's it's ran by this Adrian Shine gentleman. Like I, I'd have to imagine that it was something similar to, you know, getting around. Like when we were driving cross country, I mean, when we were in the desert driving through Arizona, um, you know, people had alien stuff, Area Fifty One magnets and all kinds oh, of yeah. stuff. The closer we actually got there um, to New Mexico, it was like it, they had all kinds of stuff, you know, as far as like aliens and everything goes, and it was just like. I'm sure it's exactly like that. You know, I mean, it, you're right. It would make sense for people to constantly be, or at least every couple of years, someone to come out with some sort of evidence to drum up that activity again and get more tourists to come flood into that area. Yeah. It always seems to be taking place in like Inverness, Drumnadrocket sort of area yeah. anyways, which is right where most of all of the Loch Ness touristy stuff takes place as well. So and that whole very... like, 26 years trying to find the beast. And it's like, well, we've already established that it probably breathes air and it doesn't have gills. So if you spent yeah. 26 years trying to take a picture of something that literally has to break the surface of the water at some point, you are wasting your time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a couple things I like to point out, right? I've seen this vertebrae. It's like three or four uh, vertebrae together. So it is a vertebrae. It's not a rock. Oh, no. It's, it's. I mean, here's the thing. I used to think I knew what fossils looked like. Now I have no <laughs> idea. But uh, old Jeremy would have been like, yeah, it looks like a fossil. But here's the problem. Kid, what is the estimated age of this fossil again? Uh, it said it was a... Um... 150 million year old plus okay. so let's just go off of that for a second okay 150 million years old how is that proof that the Loch Ness monster exists okay how do we know that that's accurate either way either fucking way even if it's 150,000 years old yeah okay? so that's more like it e even if it's 150 million years or billion years it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't even matter if it's 150 years old how is this evidence that the Loch Ness monster exists are you running dna on it can you can can you tie this to an a, aquatic mammal okay hold on i'm getting there uh, would you say the same thing if it was a primate skull found in the pacific northwest <laughs> would you or are you just being a bias okay yep <laughs> got him the skull is different though it is a come femur. on man every everything with a backbone has 
a back vertebrae. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it could have been a whale, um, honestly, or or elephant. Could have been there. In a hundred and fifty million bajillion years ago, <laughs> the lock was not the lock. Okay. If you go by the 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 current story that is being driven. There you go, Jeff. I, I made sure I got that out correctly for you. Um the lock wasn't there. Okay. So all this says is even if it was a plesiosaurus uh vertebrae from 150 million years ago, it has no way, shape, or form. Uh it does not show proof that the Loch Ness monster exists. It's a pretty cool find. Don't get me wrong. You know, if this dude literally wa- was walking and just found a vertebrae on the ground that, you know, I, I don't know, man. Pe- I, I don't find it weird how he found it. I mean, people find shit all the time. That's how we have things. People find it. Okay. Not, well, had not I known too- it was a vertebrae and not just a rock. I mean, dude, people find <laughs> all the time. Okay. It, it happens. All right. I'm not too caught up on how he found it. I think it's cool that he found it. I don't care where he found it. You know, hmm. uh, I'm a little bothered that he's tying it to the Loch Ness monster as proof of the Loch Ness monster's existence. I think that's kind of silly, uh, and I think that anybody that kind of puts any any uh, weight into that is kind of silly. Um, I, I again, cool find does not prove that the Loch Ness monster exists or ever existed. Just based off this guy's name, I kind of felt like he was a bit of a sore loser anyway, so he just wanted some attention to begin with. (laughs) What's his name again? Uh, Something McSorley. Yeah. 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 Gerald McSorley. I'm happy for him. Found something (laughs) cool. Yeah, good for him, yeah. Got his 15 minutes of fame for sure. But not not connecting it to the Lagnos monster. Neat. I thought it was an interesting thing to add anyways, just because of all its connections. I can't believe that guy fucking faked that 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 skull in the in a beast. Can we, can we sue him? Roll the tape. Coyote Roll the Peterson? Tape. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. What an asshole. Yeah. What a fucking asshole, man. Shame on him. Uh, dude. No, I want to buy a bunch of those skulls and hide them everywhere. I guess Dude, it's ridiculous. I, I had respect <laughs> for this guy, man. I, I was like, you know, this guy's actually pretty pretty cool. You know, I, I don't think he would he would do some bogus shit like this. And and here he is. He's like, ah, psych. I think it was last episode you actually said that you lose a lot of respect for people who do that. And that was the first name that came to my head was Coyote Peterson. What an asshole, man. I wasn't necessarily even like referencing that, but I just meant like say it was a large primate bone, not necessarily a skull, but found in the Pacific Northwest, would you see that and then immediately think, well, that doesn't prove that they exist or that they exist in this that, area. That you'd be like, was... you'd be like, they're here now. They're living in no, my basement. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. The proof that I have that Bigfoot exists is that when I was younger, I saw something in the, in the Atlantic Northeast. And that one could okay. be dead. And it could have been the last one. Oh, it could have been. Absolutely could have been. And I could have been hearing meth addicts screaming in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Oh, boy. That's a very real possibility. I'm not sitting here saying, like, I know for sure that there was Sasquatch. I know I heard screams and tree knocks, and I know that when the screams started, 
the people that were partying down the way, they all shut up. And then the right. music stopped. And we were just hearing this guttural scream out in the woods. Now, could it have been a meth addict? Sure. <laughs> you know, but that's what I heard. But the thing is, is like if, if I found a skull in the Pacific Northwest, right, mm-hmm. or a femur or whatever, how old is it? That's the first thing. Is there still chunks of flesh hanging off of it? That gets me excited. If it's bleached clean, been dead for hundreds of years, I mean, that this says that there was something here. That's pretty neat, mm. right? If it At was 100, 150 million years old, then who fucking knows what this place was? Well, I mean, if it was... I mean, let's be real. If this was 10,000 years old, like that whole area could have been part of the ocean and that whole lot could have not been formed. Like I, I I literally saw a, uh, a short video today and it had, um, it was like some park and it had water dripping on three different rocks. And it said five years of erosion, 10 years of erosion, 25 years of erosion. And this freaking rock at 25 years was just bored out. And it was, or it was like a piece of granite, like a granite chunk, and it was just bored out, and it was all wavy and stuff. And I was like, man, you just take that and maximize that by how much water is, like, rushing through a specific area. And, you know, this was a trickle, just a little trickle. You know, like, how, how would we possibly know, like, how quickly the Grand Canyon was carved out? It literally could have been 10,000 years. <laughs> like, with that much water flowing through? I don't know. So, yeah, that whole area, certainly, if plesiosaurs existed at some point, and maybe they lived in that area and it got captured there when the water rushed out or whatever, the erosion happened or it just died and, you know, fell down, whatever. But um, the only thing that bothers me is that the idea of just finding a bone, a fossilized bone that's not encapsulated in rock because... You said it was a limestone. Yeah, but, I mean, was it, like, sticking out? Because, I mean, at that point... The fossils could, themselves are rocks too, which means they're susceptible to erosion as well. Well, so so fossils, once they're broken okay. out of the rock, sure. These very very real things called fossils, um, <laughs> they they do actually they behave pretty well inside of limestone. Okay, now you still have to be careful when extracting them. Yes, they do shatter. They they are fragile, but uh, they're no way, shape, or form like if you if you're gonna break or drop the rock, is everything just gonna turn to dust inside of it? And fossils no. are pretty interesting things, um, right? So, or at least I used to think they were. <laughs> for That's for Jeff, Jeff ruin our lives, yeah. Who just um, sits there, just doesn't talk. I never said the fossils weren't real. <laughs> he just said that dinosaurs and everything that just becomes fossils are real. Real. Just the ones you no, see aren't real. Just the there's a handful of very important fossils that a lot of assumptions are based off of, and most of those were hoaxed and faked fossils. That's where the dinosaurs are fake, right? Stems from. So it's right. not all fossils. Of course, there's fossils, but it's the assumptions made off of a handful of fake fossils that I have a problem with. But this this is a good example of this too. Right. You have these these fakes and these hoaxes. Right. Whether you're talking about this skull or this shit that they found in, in the lock. Right. Same kind of thing. How many people think right now that those were legit? A million. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. I know a lot 10 of million. People. I've seen I've seen chat rooms. I've seen, you know, Facebook pages. At where, least five. <laughs> where people look at these <laughs> things 
and you know they immediately bite down that this is hard evidence that the Loch Ness monster still exists to this day. Just like the same people in these fucking Bigfoot groups, which put red circles all over a picture <laughs> of a fucking bush, and they're like, "There's 20 Bigfoot in this picture of this hedge in my yard," and it's like, you guys, seriously, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so. I mean, dude, I totally get what you're talking about, man. I get it. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Let's, let's, not, let's not make it a competition of who can be the smoothest brain. You know, let's, let's fucking try here. So, I'm just, I'm shooting from the hip because I don't have a picture in front of me that shows the what the vertebrae look like and then sure when it was found cool. and then what it looks like, you know, once. I'll find samples were taken or whatever so that, that's there's what a, i'm trying to rack my brain right now because i'm thinking there's this, like there's this really great picture of the guy standing there holding it and his eyes he's just like got this wondrous look on his face of like oh my god but he's wearing this bright yellow rain suit and it is the most ridiculous thing ever i loved it all of it it was amazing <laughs> fair enough uh actually i did find it here Put in that group chat, yo. Putting it in that group chat, dude. We need to start adding these pictures back into the uh, the videos. Are we still doing that? <laughs> no. Come on, man. We're so half-assed here in the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Yeah, like, we make these people look for it themselves. If, if anybody's expecting a, a good podcast, don't come here. This is not for you. <laughs> oh, and if you're I already re- here, well, you, you made your bed, so lie in it. I did read a YouTube comment um, with one of our most recent videos that apparently we chit-chat too much. And I have to say that if that's something that you struggle with, maybe podcast listening isn't for you. Ah! Um, <laughs> because they do tend to chit-chat quite a bit in those podcasts where it's like the radio, you know? In any case. And this, this talk show, just they just talk. <laughs> not a lot Dang. of show uh, all right was, uh, i'm i'm sufficient i'm sufficiently convinced it was all baloney with that one all right well the pictures are in the chat okay okay we ready mm-hmm. jeff this one's for you you ready <gasps> okay hey everybody bear with us while we take this quick break When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last episode, Jeremy gave me a strike for not knowing about Aleister Crowley. Clearly, I had some homework to do in order to redeem myself. So, let me tell you a little bit about this guy Crowley and his involvement with the Loch Ness. Crowley was very interested in magic and used it for the purpose of interacting with spiritual entities. Having become a member of the Golden Dawn in 1898, He moved in with a fellow member who taught him about magic and other things, such as ritualistic drug use. He was disliked by the other members for his different lifestyle, and he was eventually isolated from the Golden Dawn. Despite all of this, 
he continued to practice magic rituals. In 1899, he purchased the Boleskine House, which is located on the southeastern side of the loch. This house has always been known to have some strange things happening uh, since it became a parish in the 13th century with a kirk, also known as a church. Uh, that's Scottish Gaelic for church. Um, with a kirk and graveyard built on the property. It was said that Minister Thomas Houston was the man in charge of putting animated corpses back into their graves after a local wizard cast a spell to raise the dead. The kirk, unfortunately, burnt to the ground, which led to the house itself being built in the 1760s. Crowley wanted something that was fairly isolated, with a north-facing door and a terrace he could cover with fine sand. These very specific conditions were needed in order for him to conduct the ritual he had in mind. Crowley was attempting to, quote, invoke one's guardian angel, end quote, using the Book of the Sacred Magic of Abram Lynn the Mage. I said that so wrong. (laughs) This would take about six months to complete, as he would have to summon multiple demons and attempt to cleanse them of their negative influence and have them, quote, serve the light, end quote. In a few months, when he was about halfway through his ritual, he received, a, he received a phone call from a colleague asking that Crowley fly out to Paris. Despite being in the middle of his ritual, he took off for Paris, never actually finishing this ritual. Supposedly, when you finish with a ritual such as this one, you have to banish whatever you conjured up back to wherever it came from, and you'll never guess what Crowley didn't do. Whatever it was that Crowley invited into the house is still there today. But what does any of this have to do with the Loch Ness Monster? Well, author and journalist Ted Holliday believed that the Loch Ness Monster could actually be a ghost or spirit conjured up by Crowley. Holliday even worked with a small team to try and perform an exorcism on the lake and banish this, quote, ghost Nessie. Clearly, they had no success since there are still Nessie sightings to this day. Jake's already done. <clears throat> yep. I mean, this is, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely, I did not know all that. So that's awesome. But you basically just said what I said in the last episode with all the actual details, right? That Crowley was here and Crowley was there for a reason, right? This isn't. This isn't happening because Crowley was there. This goes back from before that, right? Like this this ancient wizard who was, you know, animating corpses and this dude who was supposed to put these reanimated corpses back in the graves, right? With some other type of matter. Like this goes back. This And that's probably some lore or mythology based off of some other shit that happened there going back, right? So... Crowley was probably just tapping into that same energy at this point where wherever this house is on the south corner or whatever right of this lock so you know what we're experiencing today and what people do see from time to time again I think it's just some kind of bleed through between dimensions or you know an entity or a time bleed through who knows what it is and how to explain it but it's some kind of weird bleed through I think so we're going to chit chat because that's what we do on podcasts. Um, sorry, I just had to get that. that. That just blows my mind. Anyways, 
I actually believe that if there is a Loch Ness monster, that the ghost Nessie is the answer. Um, (laughs) 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 So love it. Oh, Jake, what an ass. Um, I don't think that Nessie is a flesh and blood. I just don't. I, I, and I'm not one that, that just sits there and blames everything on spirits. Um, I, I'm not sitting here saying that I believe it is a ghost. I'm saying that if it does exist, I believe that it is a spirit of a plesiosaur. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. It did the flesh and blood, uh, for, for the Loch Ness monster doesn't sound right to me. It just doesn't. There, the 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 body of water isn't isn't big enough. the The amount of searching that has happened within this confined space is immense. Okay, the amount of technology, money, time that has spent searching for this damn thing it, it it's not there. Cat, I don't, you would need a breeding population, bro. There's there's would, no way. You would need a breeding population, not to mention that if you put a breeding population into the Loch Ness of plesiosaurs, which we know were carnivores, uh, there would be no other fucking anything else in there. Okay, They'd be, and you'd see them all the time. You'd see them all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Okay, even yeah. even if they came in uh, from these caverns underneath the land from from the ocean, uh, that a lot of people say could could potentially be the case uh you get a couple of those motherfuckers in there and there's not gonna be any other fish dude okay this is why they lived in the ocean um i just don't think it's a possibility i i I think that the the uh the ghost nessie is very fantastic i think it's uh it's romantic sexy it's beautiful let's be honest okay let me piggyback off that a little bit just because you know like I live on the coast and do like kayak fishing and stuff like that. And just seeing like a couple of dolphins, mm-hmm. you know, swimming in a frenzy oh, feeding. Yeah. You know, it's so intense at, at the top of the water. It's so much action that's happening, you know, that mm-hmm. you, you can see it from hundreds and hundreds of yards away at water level in a kayak. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you had a couple of these things, way bigger than dolphins swimming around in there. You would definitely see them doing not, stuff. Not to mention, like, when I was living in Florida, you, like, if you were out fishing, right, and all of a sudden you just hit this lull where nothing, you're not seeing any fish activity, you're not getting a bite, a nibble, or nothing, and then 10 minutes later, a, a dolphin strolls by, and you're like, well, that's why, right? Because everything fucking hides, Right. Uh, put some plesiosaurs in there, man, and I just don't think you'd ever see anything come out. I mean, the the lock's just not big enough. I know it's a big body of water. Don't get me wrong. I get that. It's huge. Big. But it's not big enough to hold a breeding, eating population of plesiosaur. Or magical player, uh, Leoplerodons. Nope. Candy Mountain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really want to get in my opinions of Aleister Crowley and how made up that stuff is in this episode. I think that there's a time and a place for that because I'm going to start an argument. Um, but uh, 
I don't think you're going to start regular. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. Um... What about this idea that we go back to in our other cryptid uh, talks or discussions or presentations or whatever that early humans could have seen these things at some point, even if it was the last of them, and had an oral tradition passed down? Because we know that in Ireland and Scotland and in England before it was Ireland, Scotland, England, you know, you had um, a lot of, well, you had paganism. And one thing that the pagans were really well known for was their oral traditions, their mythologies, their uh, their stories, all that sort of stuff, right? You see that in all those pagan cultures all the way around the world is that that's how they communicated. You know, they uh, they shared their experiences through mythologies and stuff. So what's to say that this couldn't have been that as well? And in like a lot of cases that we see, there is no substantial evidence whatsoever that this thing has existed at any point during in the um, civilized portion of these this area or these areas. But people hang on to that tradition and that mythology, and they keep it alive by lying. Or making hoaxes, because that to me makes the most sense. Is that? Well, yeah, I think it's you know partially that too. I mean, like these, like I was saying, like with this uh, spot where Crowley's house is, right? And then before that, it was this church with the cemetery and this other folklore. Like, sure, that could go back, like you're saying, to ancient times. And it, but it all these have to stem from something, in my my opinion, all folklore and mythologies. And, and religion and all of this comes from something that actually happened that made them create this story to begin with. So, yeah, it could go back a million years of human oral tradition of Loch Ness being there, but that's because something happened there. And I think that it's not necessarily the animal. I think people need to stop focusing on Loch Ness Ness monster and need to start focusing more on Loch Ness as a location. If that makes sense. You're talking about ley lines and such. Right. I mean, I'd be interested to see uh, and kid, forgive me if I'm jumping ahead. I don't know if you included any of this in your research, but I would be interested to see what other strange phenomena happens here. Uh, Because, you know, if we're to take um, Jeff's theory into consideration, then there would have to be some other stuff. I'm not saying it has to be as crazy as Skinwalker Ranch or whatnot, but there would be some other stuff. I don't know about the, I don't have anything more about that, but like I don't know about Loch Ness as a whole if it's got anything else going on. Um, but I know this Boleskine house is like a hot spot. It's a massive... I was trying to Google Earth it so I could get an idea as to where the cemetery was in comparison to the house. Because uh, the cemetery is still standing and everything. Um, there's actually... I was reading there's tunnel systems underneath that connect the cemetery and the house together. Uh, so I I was trying to get kind of like a little lay of the land here and it's a massive property. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's something strange crossing there somewhere on the property or taking place or whatever the case may be. Maybe for yeah. all we know it is Scotland's skinwalker ranch, you know? I think um there's a there's a reason 
that people do magic people who actually attempt to do magic now like jake doesn't believe in magic and that's fair right like whether it's real or not what they're attempting to do is real right like their their intention and their action and doing the thing that's a real action so sure people who feel like they know what they're doing use these places all over the world and that's why you have temples going back thousands of years built on these very specific ley line points right so same with this this spot so i think all these people crowley and everybody else going back these wizards and the stories and everybody else going back they just knew that this was a place that weird shit happens and that you could potentially tap into whatever the dream world or alternate reality or hell or whatever your belief was what is I'm gonna go into something that Jeremy stated in the last episode that he hates, but it's it makes me curious. These places that are supposedly like so hyper energetic, hyper energetic, energetic, whatever I don't, you know, a lot of energy <laughs> with uh, with all this sort of craziness and stuff. Is that for people that are just going there unbeknownst of the area and it just, you know, happens to them? Or is this people that are specifically looking for an experience in these sorts of places? Because I would say that a lot of that is, unless there's actual evidence of it, like, like, look, man, we're, we're in the age of YouTube. Like, everyone's got a phone. We talk about this all the time. But everyone's got a phone, you know, say like, you know, that one bad person that enforces the law in your area and they're just getting snatched up because people are recording everything that's going on these days and i do a youtube search for black magic conjuring things like uh you know uh willing things into existence all this sort of stuff nothing a lot of people talk about it not no one that actually demonstrates any of this stuff right and you know the best we have is i'll see some stupid ghost hunter show and these people will take a voice out of literally nothing, just scratchy nonsense, just audio garbage that's, you know, from their sound system and be like, it's saying this. And it's like, no, it's not. But it's like, that's like the extent of it. And it's, I rarely hear, I, I have heard, and I'm not going to be completely on one side. My mom grew up in a house in England that she doesn't believe in ghosts, but she swears that there's demonic activity. Like there was, you know, her and her uh, sister being pushed down the stairs, you know, sort of stuff. There was the gas being turned on. A lot of weird stuff going on in that house um, because the lady, like, killed her whole family and hung herself in it and stuff, and it was on a, a military base, but a really old place. So I'm not going to say that this stuff doesn't exist around people that aren't suspecting it or expecting it to happen, but it seems that a majority of these sort, sort of hot spots, the... Um, evidence of that comes from people who are specifically seeking that stuff out. And I know that Jeremy said this, that he hates it when people say it's not evidence just because someone was looking for Bigfoot. But I feel like this is a valid thing to bring up, is that if you're specifically going to an area, it'd be like, this is some place where I'm going to experience something like this, and then they have an experience, the brain has a great way of doing that sort of stuff. You know, have it having an emotional experience when there's really nothing going on in the same way you could say someone's going out to see Bigfoot. And if they didn't capture a picture or a video and they said that they did, it's possible that they could have seen a shadow and their brain filled in the rest of it to say that they saw Sasquatch when they could have more than likely seen absolutely nothing. 
And so this is how I'm like, I don't think that Aleister Crowley being on this property really has anything to do with Loch Ness or the Loch Ness monster or anything like that. I think this is just a weird dude that was really big into witchcraft for whatever reason, whatever people get from that, um, that happened to be there. I don't, and doing drugs and sex magic. <laughs> like, I mean, no, you know, I, I completely agree. That's why I say I don't think that he has, I don't think that he's the reason for Loch Ness Monster in any way. I think that he just <clears throat> knew that that spot was an energy spot. He knew nope. that, you know, the. I think, again, the reason that people are seeing Loch Ness Monster is because it's one of these points of energy. It's one of these vor- vortices of energy, right? I don't know how you describe this. And people are catching a glimpse of something somehow, even if it's just in the mind. Maybe it only affects the mind, and that's what's so special about it. I don't know, but he was just there because that's a spot, not because of the monster. The monster's not because of him. Same with the cemetery, same with all of it. That's my whole point. Hmm. I mean, you know, Skinwalker Ranch was on a, on a, a crossroads of ley lines. You know, I'd be curious as to, I'm, I'm sure ley lines have something to do with the lock i think we talked about this last episode and i believe we found out that it did at least somewhere in the uh, general area of the lock um well i mean we should have a ley lines episode because i've seen those pictures and they're literally everywhere which means that everywhere there's a ley line should technically be a hot spot so you have that's yes. what you're getting at. I mean, you know, oh, no, yeah. no, no. so everywhere that there's a line <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean too much. It's the cross sections of those lines. Those are where right. the hot spots tend to be. Now, the the ley lines, uh, I'm not going to get too far into it because you're right. We should do a whole episode on it. Right. There are multiple different kinds of ley lines. And let's just talk about one, for example, magnetic lines, right? The, the magnet magnetic flux lines that come off of the planet, those there mm-hmm. alone are considered to be a type of, of uh, ley line, right? And it doesn't necessarily form the shape of the, 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 gosh, the, the two ovals that a normal, uh, that's like a sine wave. Flux- no, sort I mean, of. like lines kind of look like a sine wave or whatever, but yeah, uh, all you know, alternating sine waves, right? Where it has, but they they kind of they go up and they come down. They just keep circling like this. Well, we know that it makes an infinity symbol through the Earth. No, yeah, no, no, no. it makes two circles. Okay, they don't whatever. cross like this. That that's not how uh, flux lines work. No, but that's anyway, what it looks like. If you made of. a hollow Earth. If, if you just... <laughs> Look, I know what you're saying, but magnets ma- magnets mess everything up, right? They mess up the way right. that animals well, migrate. They screw up the way that your body will function, your brain will function. A high-powered magnet will like destroy your your brain. You know, it's just like right, yeah. But what, <laughs> what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, to to Jeff's uh, argument here is that what if this is a place where, like in the Skinwalker Ranch or many other places that we're going to talk about in the future, and a few places that we talked in the past, like Bridgewater. You know, the Bridgewater Triangle up in Massachusetts where we did, geez, that uh, the extremely early episode that we did on this show about the alien abductions up there from, um, uh, yes, you know what I'm talking about. Gosh, man, it's been so long. Um, you know what I'm talking about where the guy was, he trapped in the, the beam of light and he was, and he couldn't move or whatever. 
You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. He knows what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I think we under I think we all get the point though. This is just probably a spot. It's just a spot where shit happens and people see shit. Right. And I'm I'm tr- I'm I'm taking your side, right? Because I yeah, think I don't know. I get that. I think that, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe the Loch Ness monster is part of these interdimensional beings. Um that do only come over here. Maybe there's some sort of intelligence to them. I don't know. I don't think so. I really don't. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that uh, that's the case here. I think that uh, you would be hearing way more about the area. I think news would have gotten out if this was a legitimate cross-section and and ley lines. I mean, there could be a a small something there, but I don't think it's anywhere near as big as as, uh, the Uinta Basin out in the Right, yeah, it's a smaller, you know. smaller intersection, you know, of course, but um, I, you know, anyways, let, let's move on because we'll we'll get more into it in the yeah. We're just going to get derailed yeah. off onto this for another hour. We're going to be chit chatting too much for our listeners. Nah, Berkshire <laughs> nah. uh, UFO. I'm gonna okay. Let me rephrase. I'm gonna ask all your previous questions. I told you to hang on. You're gonna ask them or answer them. Answer them because I already asked them. You know what I meant. Just, right, just cool. carry. I'm going to answer them. Okay, just are you ready? Here cool. we go. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Before we can move on to the next research project of the lock, we should talk a bit about West, what Nessie could be besides a ghost. Over the years, there have been many different explanations given for what could be mistaken as the Loch Ness monster, such as the plesiosaur, eels. Greenland sharks, catfish, sturgeon, seals, otters, and even an elephant on a couple different occasions. Water is a tricky substance, and most definitely can play tricks on your eyes. When you have no reference of scale, it is really easy to see a duck or swan out in the distance and make it for the monster, or mistake it for the monster. Some can be, same can be said about many of these other creatures that are mistaken as Nessie. Sturgeon never stopped growing. The largest ever recorded was un- just under 24 feet long. And Rupert Gould even suggested that it could be a large newt-like animal. An is- interesting fact about eels is that they are one of the few animals that can go between fresh and salt water without issues. And they can grow up to six feet long. Perhaps we're just seeing eels swimming together? One very interesting theory that I stumbled upon claimed that Nessie could be a Basiliosaurus. A Basiliosaurus, or a Zooglodon, is a large whale, estimated to be around 65 feet in length and weigh up to 20 tons. The name Basiliosaurus means king lizard in Latin, and originally it was thought to be a marine reptile, similar to the Plesiosaur. However, that's not the case at all. The Basiliosaurus is a vicious whale that would rip its prey to shreds, feeding on sharks and other predatory whales. This creature had ve- this creature had a very sleek body, very serpent or snake-like, which would definitely fit the description of a lake monster. But wait, there's still more to it. What if it's not an animal we're seeing? It very well could just be a tree or driftwood, seismic activity wakes in the water or a simple optical illusion because of the shape of the lake it is very easy to mistake a boat wake as a potential creature in the water the lock has what's called an oscillating period which lasts 31 and a half minutes and is the result of water settling to its natural state after being blown to one side or the other of the lake 
An interesting theory to me was the seismic activity. Italian geologist Luigi Picardi suggested that because the lock sits along a fault line, we could just be experiencing small earthquakes and mistaking them as the creature below the water. All of these are very interesting theories, but we still don't have a definitive answer as to what is in the lock. The legend of the monster has been tied to the legend of the Kelpie as well. Kelpies are these violent, shape-shifting creatures, often described as having black horse-like like appearances, but they can also take on a human form. All of this, along with the theory that Nessie is a ghost. So what do you think? Is Nessie a bird or other known animal? Perhaps our eyes are playing tricks on us. Maybe it's, sim maybe it's as simple as floating driftwood. Or is Nessie a paranormal entity haunting the lake? Before we discuss our thoughts on this, I want to bring up a couple different studies that were done. The first one was in 1994, called the Rosetta Project. The aim of this project was to drill six meters, or about 20 feet, into the bed of the lock for core samples. The samples were taken from a flat area in the northern basin at approximately 200 meters, or 656 feet. And it was done by using two large suction anchors. Once at the bottom, water would be pumped out of the drum-like anchor and as a result forced into the ground. There were two samples successfully recovered from the lock, and this helped us get a better understanding of, the of a variety of different things, including that the lock seems to gather more sediment during the winter, and that it is believed that this is be due to the high rainfall. With this, we are also able to learn that the lock lacks nutrients such as nitrates and phosphates, which are vital for plant growth. With a lack of nutrients, there can't be much of a food chain, which would make it difficult for larger animals to survive. The second research expedition I want to bring up took place in 2018. A DNA survey was done to determine what kind of DNA material could be identified within the lock. DNA they did not find included sharks, sturgeon, catfish, any other large fish, otters, or seals, nor did they find any sort of reptilian sequences. However, they did find a lot of, and I mean a lot, of eel DNA. The high amount of eel DNA found could be because there's lots of small eels swimming at the bottom of the lock, or that there's potentially very big eels swimming at the bottom of the lock, and very well could explain some of the sightings over the years. Since a, large e since a large eel has never actually been caught, this is really only a speculation. Did I answer all your questions now, Jake? I've put on my shill hat. I see that. Um, all right, either it's an eel or it's a flat-out lie. Like, even... All right, so when, remember when I said I was going to blow the lid off this thing? So I wrote down a portion... I wrote down a portion of um, of what you said. It said, in 1930, 1933 is when the legend of Loch Ness started. Um, but, of course, you talked about St. Columba back in six, uh, 565 AD, and he mm -hmm. claimed to have seen the creature, although his story is a little bit... Uh, it's a little bit far out there. I mean, some of the claims about him were, you know... I don't know how much looking into was done more so than just, you know, what he said, like, you know, oh, this guy can raise the dead and all kinds of stuff. Like, I don't know. Um, and I was going to blow the lid off this thing because I was like, hey, you know, 19, 
1833, when was the plesiosaur discovered? And let me tell you, in like 1890. So that wasn't it. All right. I was just like, I was sitting there thinking like this guy, this guy had no idea what this thing was, but I don't know exactly how much information was kind of passed around um, at that time. It's, it's hard for me as someone who's lived this entire life. Like even I had the library at least growing up. Right. And then the internet was better than just dial up as I got older. Um, but it's hard for me to imagine a time when really the only information and news you would get would be very, very big news, like in the modern world, or just what's going on around your town. So I don't know if a discovery like this happened, how widespread it was past like the scientific community, right? So that in itself could lend to this idea that maybe they did see something, but I agree with, I, I don't know whether it was Jeff or Jeremy that there's, you know, so much technology these days and all sorts of stuff that, you know, something just not being found that would be that big or a breeding population. And I agree with both of them. Like even just seeing a fish jump, you know, and, and, and strike in the, you know, wee hours of the morning, you see the ripples of that stuff, like, you know, 300 yards away. It just keeps going forever, right? And you imagine, like, a something the size of, like, a great white shark breaching out of the water. Like, you'd be able to see that from across the dang lake, probably, you know? I mean, under the lock or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that, honestly, I don't think that there was ever anything there. You know, at least while it was a lock or a lake or whatever, Um I looked at that picture that Jeremy sent me of the uh, of the bone, and he, okay, yeah, I would have picked that thing up. I would have known right away what that thing was. Um, you don't have to be an expert to be like, that's not a rock, you know, or that's something extra than just a rock, right? But maybe at some point, and then through mythology and stuff, they they pass it down, and then people have kept the oral traditions alive and the history of that area alive because, and I think that there's value to that. I don't think that. You know, just like I'm so far removed from it, but I got married in my kilt because I'm, you know, a descendant of the Pollock clan, right? So I have a Pollock kilt and I got married in it. Um, I think that there's there's something to be said and, and value there to keeping that old way of life somewhat alive, whether that's through stories or through traditions and all kinds of stuff um, that we shouldn't just let go of that because we're in a new century or whatever, right? So... And if that's their way of doing that, of keeping it alive is by, you know, carrying this tradition of like maybe what their the early people there saw at some point, you know, then I guess it makes sense. But I don't think that there's anything near what we'd see or expecting to see as a plesiosaur or, or whatever it is or an ancient whale inside Loch Ness. I think that if anything, it's an eel or it's nothing. Fun. Right. I sent some pictures over to the Facebook chat. And I just want, I did this as kind of a reference of how big the lock actually is, right? It is a decent sized body of water. The thing about the lock, though, is that there's no hidden areas, okay? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you stand. There's no part of the lock that you can't see from land, okay? So there's eyes on this thing at all times, 
All right, there's there's major roadways, there's tourist attractions, there's all kinds of stuff. There's many, 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 many organizations who have cameras right. all over that lock 24/7. running 24-7. And it's it's kind of ridiculous to, to think that in a closed environment that we have not spotted true evidence of the Loch Ness Monster. Um, I don't know about the eel thing. Sounds like it could be. No idea. I believe people see things, right? They see things and they look at the the V's in, in the water and they're, you know, because of the lore of the, the area, the first thing that they jump to is the Loch Ness Monster. Um, I don't think it exists. I've, I've stated that for a very long time. I think it's fantastic, though. I think it's a great story. I, I, if I had a chance to go and investigate the Loch Ness Monster, I'd go in a heartbeat. Just because of going to the area. I mean, the, the historical um, re- relevance for cryptozoology in, is just, it's, it's amazing, right? I would absolutely go. It would be a, it would be a hell of a lot of fun. I would never expect to to find anything, but I'd give it a hell of a shot, right? I could I mean, use a this, fridge magnet, <laughs> I, right? <laughs> and I, I I would grab one, and I, just to go there for for the the pure, uh, I mean, geez, this is like supernatural hot spot. Like this is one of the big ones that you hear about immediately as you jump into this world of the mm-hmm. unknown right it's just oh, yeah. this is the first one that a lot of people hear of this is one of the king cryptids bigfoot and loch ness monster like if you try to explain what cryptozoology is to somebody right and they're bigfoot like and loch ness that's it right bigfoot and loch that's ness, what loch i do all the time right. i tell people i we talk about cryptids and they're like what's a cryptid bigfoot loch ness Oh. And then light bulb moments. Right. Mythical creatures. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, so but I I I don't think that there's anything here. I don't. I think it's fantastic though. I love it. I love the Loch Ness monster. Um mad respect, dog. Uh but I don't think you exist. Sorry, dude. Is this the final thoughts? I stepped away for water, so I missed like the last little this bit. It's the of final here. countdown, dude. Yeah. It's not, it sounds like we're it sounds like we're dishing out final thoughts. So I just want to <laughs> hoping that you guys were gonna do I that. Mean, we are kind of dishing out final thoughts, which is fine. Okay. Uh because my next paragraph is actually titled Honorable Mentions and Final Thoughts. Perfect. So okay. there were there were a couple little things here that I, I thought were interesting and i wanted to mention but i didn't think there was enough stock behind them so i just kind of put them in my honorable mentions here all right um fair enough well yeah i'll just give you mine then since it sounds like again we have already kind of done this and you're about to so basically basically like i've been saying this whole time i think this is just a hot spot and people and and there's some weird bleed through interaction with something else that's happening right some other reality but you know i don't necessarily think that the Loch Ness monster is one of those things that people are experiencing because of the hotspot. I think the Loch Ness monster is a myth. I think other shit might be going on there, right? Because of the other stories, 
right? Not just the Crowley thing, although that that whole thing is interesting to me, but the story of the wizard and shit before, like all of that, just it that's more interesting to me. So I think that there's something else going on there. People are experiencing other weird phenomenon, and the Loch Ness monster is just a myth, but it's a good myth because people are making lots of money on it. <laughs> so they just keep dishing it out. Keep, you know, I guarantee you, you know, with the all the Discovery Channel shows and the History Channel shows and the Monster Quest and the whatever, whatever, you know, that's what it's all about for them. But there is some weird shit probably going on there. Kenzer, I'm, I'm glad that you um, you broke into the DNA samples because right away I was like, okay, it's a sturgeon. Now where's the proof that there's sturgeon there? I thought it was a sturgeon too. When I started my research, I was determined. I'm like, this sounds like a sturgeon. No sturgeon in the lake. Right, because I, I looked that up. I was like, are there sturgeon in Loch Ness? And um, I, I couldn't come up with a lot of titles saying, you know, monster sturgeon or something like that but you know nothing very specific on it on whether or not there were sturgeon in in the lake just people claiming that it could be right um because and then it the burden of proof would be like okay well then are there sturgeon in the lake right and so yeah that dna sample thing so yeah i agree with jeff dang good story if it makes people money i mean (laughs) It's pretty solid. You know, it's one thing to make a, a up something like the Fresno Nightcrawler, which doesn't make anybody any money. Um, but claiming that there's a sea creature in there, you know, or whatever, or a monster, you know, and it creates revenue and brings in tourism and stuff, that's pretty legit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anything else you guys no. want to share? Take no? her home, kid. Go ahead. Okay. Loch Ness is a wonder of the Scottish Highlands, and the monster that comes with it has captivated people's imaginations for years. Still to this day, people report sightings of the monster. More recently, an alpaca was taking a swim and was mistaken as Nessie. I think like all other cryptids, no one will be truly happy with the legend of Nessie without some solid evidence of her existence. But before I share my final thoughts, I want to share some honorable mentions. The Loch Ness Muppet. May 21st of 1977, Anthony Doc Shells came forward with his picture of the monster. It was, it was arguably one of the most clear images ever produced of the creature. However, it looked oddly like a Muppet. Given how it looked, given how it looked and the fact that Shields was a magician and a psychic, not many people took him or his picture very seriously. Operation Clean Sweep ended in 2001 and aimed to isolate any amount of potential DNA from the Loch Ness Monster. Ultimately, they were unsuccessful and only found two dead eels approximately six feet long each. In 2003, a man named Lloyd Scott completed the world's first underwater marathon in the Loch Ness. It took him 12 days and he reported no sightings of the monster. Two students claimed to have found a tooth embedded in the side of the deer in 2005. After close examination, it was found that the so-called tooth was actually a piece of antler from a barking deer and was placed (laughs) as a publicity stunt for Stephen Alton's horror novel, The Lock. Sonar images of 2011 
a boat captain named Marcus Atkinson had sonar images of a large object that seemed to be following his boat. It was later determined that the images were nothing more than a bloom of algae or zooplankton. There were reports in 2016 that the monster had been found. However, it wasn't the monster that everyone had hoped for. What was found was a long-lost prop from the 1969 movie, The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. After director Billy Wilder demanded the humps of the model be removed, the prop sank to the bottom of the lock and, and is still there to this day. But with that, gentlemen and travelers, we come to the end of Loch Ness Monster. Although I personally do not think there is a plesiosaur or basiliosaurus swimming in the lake, there is definitely something strange and unknown taking place. But beyond that, I think there, I think this is a simple case of misidentification and that our eyes are playing tricks on us. However, I enjoy the idea that there is a plesiosaur ghost creating havoc, haunting the waters of Loch Ness. Now I can tell you. Now, I can't tell you what exactly people are seeing, but I do know that whatever it is, it will continue to capture the world's attention for years to come. The end. Define ghost. Ooh. I don't have a definition for ghost, but... Like, in your own words. That's a whole be? episode, my... dude. Because, I mean, if, if we're going based off this idea that there's a ghost of it, then that means that there would be ghosts of, like all the trillions of fish that have died due to you know farming the seas and all kinds of stuff well, i mean i'm just maybe, saying maybe that's what was following this guy's boat in 2011 <laughs> and that's what he caught an image of <laughs> here's, here's the thing right okay i'm i'm not a big uh ghost guy but yeah, i'm surprised you said that i was like you don't even believe that we have souls right so let's <laughs> but here's the thing is like we don't we don't understand the the checklist that needs to be finished in order for a ghost to be created, if if that's what we believe a ghost is, right? If it's not a uh, some uh, something from another dimension or parallel world, um, and it is just uh, you know a soul trapped here, um, we don't know everything that has to be done in order to keep it here. It may be something where the checklist is rarely completed. Okay. And then, and that would be something where we get an answer of, well, why isn't there a, a billion of them? Or like, why are we not, you know, but to, as they say in, in the Navy, not to, but, um, yeah. why are we not to, but with everything, uh, you know, all these spirits because, well, we don't know the conditions, right? We don't know what what it takes to actually create one of these. Um, could it be a, a, such a rare event that some sometimes it happens, right? Sometimes we get trapped or something gets trapped. Some spirit gets trapped. Could be, possibly, right? And could the Loch Ness Monster be a spirit of a plesiosaur? No, no. probably not. But... <laughs> uh, but Fun to think about, though. It is. It is. It is fun to think about because there are a lot of experiences, um, which not to give a spoiler alert to anything, but we may be diving a little bit more into that in an upcoming episode here. um, Or maybe we'll get some answers. These are good questions that we can have lined up for a possible guest that might be coming Mm. on. Who knows? Uh, So let's get these hard questions ready. And maybe I think 
the important thing to remember because we're i don't want to backtrack here i think uh, the most important thing to remember uh, is that dead horse. <laughs> no I'm, I'm saying is that this place is plastered with surveillance by people cameras everything else nothing is ever actually seen right, i don't think NASA. anything i don't think anything <laughs> is ever actually seen by anybody i don't think there's a ghost in the normal sense and anybody's seeing it out in the water. I think Loch Ness Monster is a myth entirely. Hmm. I just think there's other weird stuff that could be found there. Man, you backtracked hard. I'm not, back- <laughs> I'm not backtracking. I'm saying that he's like contemplating like giving more context. You know, all this other stuff. Like again, let's just remember nobody's ever seen anything. Yeah. So well, people have seen That's stuff. It. It's just not what they think they've seen. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. And you Anyways. see a log. I mean, you're seeing something, right? Nobody's seen the Loch Ness monster. I agree. At least not <laughs> in the sense of any current time frame. Um, are you sure, Kenzar, when you were talking about the person who had that Muppet or whatever, or that puppet, uh, I couldn't recall which one you said are you sure that wasn't um, todd standing ah, i'm almost a hundred percent sure that might have been todd standing uh not <laughs> that name never came up in my research not okay. a clue this it this picture was, was specifically was from anthony shields from 1977 all right just verifying because that it's sounds like, like something todd standing would do i mean it probably is but <laughs> If you look up the picture, it's very like it literally looks like somebody has a Muppet. It's like a sock puppet. With, uh, <laughs> literally a sock puppet yeah. edited water underneath of it. A hoodie with googly eyeballs in the back, and they're like, "Look, it's a yeah. Bigfoot." Yeah. For for those South Park fans, it's a uh, it's Jennifer Lopez out in the middle of the water. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, so that's it, guys. Are we good? I, I loved it. I, I think I'm that good. you killed it, Kenzar. I think that you, you you definitely opened me up to more information than I had cared to look at myself. Because pre- prior to this, I had hope, and now I don't. And so <laughs> you totally were effective in that, and like just breaking that down the same way that Jeff told me that all the pictures of space are fake and ruined my life. So, I mean, the wonder of space and it's all a lie. So, I'm glad yeah. I could ruin Loch Ness for you too. For sure. Agreed. Yes, I'm I'm appreciative of the work that you put into this because I myself would never have cared to do the research on Loch Ness monster, but you know, it's like when you watch a documentary for no reason, but then in the end you're like, that was a good documentary. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. So nice, Jeremy. I think you did a great job, kid. I think you're fantastic. You're you're batting a thousand. You're doing really good. Um, real quick, uh, the next presenter will be uh, Jacob. And uh, Jacob, would you like to announce the episode that I will not be here for? No. Oh. No, I will not. (laughs) Always has these mystery topics. Well, Uh, it's because the the likelihood that I'm going to change my mind halfway through, or halfway through, finishing up my research on it and starting my type up is 
probably like 90%. So I could just wing it on, you know, I, I don't think that all of our episodes have to be two and a half hours long. I like that Kenzar busts out an hour long episode and this one's going to be like an hour and 40 minutes or something. So like that, I think that I could probably squeeze in a short cryptid episode. We could chat about it for a little bit and we could throw those in there. So who knows, maybe it ends up being too long and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to shelf that one because the next week I'm not going to be here for. And I'll just do, you know, something smaller. So I'd rather not say, because I don't want to be disappointing because the Navy does that to me all the time. They're like, yeah, the appointment's four (laughs) months. And they're like, 11 months. Ha ha, psych. You know, I I don't (laughs) like doing that to people. So, (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, unless we want to change recording dates, I will not be here because I'll be having uh, another child. Well, actually, my wife. Change recording dates. You have to be here for it. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Um, But all right. Kid. Good job. Thank you so much. That has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. If you want to join the conversation, head on over to Facebook.com and join our Facebook group. Uh, You just took over hosting. I always do the outros. (laughs) I always do the outros. Do you want to do it? Go ahead, kid. You no, I, just, I had an outro written up, though, because nope. I assumed I was doing the outro. Go ahead. I was going to say exactly what you were just saying, though. Enzo, you I am go. Gonna... Yeah, kid, okay. go ahead. Make sure you check out our website, infiniterabbithole.com, where you can find all of our awesome merch, listen to old episodes, and have the option to leave us a voicemail. If you'd really like to get involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group. We also have a Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Or you can contact us at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Thank you, travelers, for joining us today. We look forward to having you next time as we jump down yet another infinite rabbit hole. Bye! I would have said path in the infinite rabbit hole, whatever. Mm -hmm. Bye! Bye! Bye.